here right, Chicago! Woo! Three titles in six years. Yes, it is worth cheering for. Welcome to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, coming to you from a night where hockey actually looks like it's starting to peak from the horizon and it might actually be arriving at some point. I, I think I've got my hopes up higher. Well, I shouldn't say too high, but they're, they're definitely up more than they've been at any point in the last couple of months. And uh, with me tonight, my two usual line mates who probably have a similar feeling about maybe having something to talk about other than the last dance documentary on these here airwaves. First off, it's the analyst darling of second city hockey. It is Shepard price. Hi, I somehow made the playoffs and the Buffalo Sabres didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all three of our listeners from Buffalo will be really, uh, really offended by that. Shout out to them though. I I don't think, I they watch hockey more than anybody. That's true. I don't know if we actually have any listeners from Buffalo, but that is definitely like every time they would have the ratings of some random game on NBC Sports Network, like the ratings would be the two teams involved at the top, and then third was always Buffalo. They That area loves hockey more than just, probably just about any other portion of the United States. So you said Buffalo made the podium? What? Huh? Oh, bronze? They get the yeah. bronze medal? Yeah. There you go. Oh. They are they that they that seems right for what for their market. They are a podium market. And you just heard his voice a little bit, but also with us tonight, it's you know, you know him now. It's Brandon Kane. Hey, I normally would have some clever thing to say, but I can't top what Shepard did. <laughs> I should have introduced you as he has not made the playoffs. Unlike the twenty fourteen format the NHL did, which it's well, I don't know. Is it playoffs? Is it a play-in round? Potato, potato, gold jacket, green jacket. Who gives a shit? Right, Sorry, it's more we'll, hockey. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that later. I haven't even considered uh, – I'm still digesting all of that because the news came out yesterday. I don't know. I, I felt like when we were talking about it last week, they were discussing that playoff format. It didn't feel real. Like, I, for some reason, like, I couldn't process in my head that this is actually what they're going to do and that the 2019-2020 Chicago Blackhawks are still a thing. They're not completely – we're not done with them. I thought for sure we were done with those Blackhawks because I thought whatever the NHL was going to come up with wasn't going to include them. But now that it has, as we'll discuss later, it's actually well, – it's not, it's not so bad. I, I don't mind it. Obviously, I'm biased, though, because this format includes my team. But it's kind of weird that we're coming to you here on the final Wednesday night in May – and unlike the last five weeks of shows, we don't have a Last Dance documentary to discuss. So I don't even know where to go with our opening tangent. Did you guys watch the Lance Armstrong one last week? Nope. No, me fuck, neither. Fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, yeah, I just saw <laughs> – that was all I saw was the meme of Lance Armstrong yelling, fuck you, and flipping the bird to the camera wholeheartedly, which I, I have no Lance Armstrong takes. I really don't. I mean, I've, I wore a Livestrong bracelet in high school, but that's more because everybody in America was wearing them for a while. And then it turned out that he was cheating, and I guess that's you know bad, but he also <laughs> had cancer. So if anybody's allowed to cheat a little bit, I guess it's a guy that had to deal with everything he did. He seems like he might be kind of an asshole. I don't know. 
I just I've, I remember I feel like the reputation that Lance Armstrong has, similar to Michael Jordan, is that he's not the friendliest person or teammate to be around. Are I you, think that's I think you could say that about most elite athletes, though. Yeah, I I mean it's you got to be a dick a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There, there is an there is an element of that. Like I. I don't think it has to be a hard, fast rule that to be that good, you have to be not, you know, not affable as a human being, but, oh, maybe it is a little bit true. See what happens. Yeah. See what happens when there's no Michael George stuff for us to talk about. I don't, I I haven't really watched any of the Blackhawks classics that have been airing on NBC Sports Chicago last week, because I, I don't think I can do any more classic Blackhawks games. I tried to do a few of the classic White Sox games. Those didn't work. Uh, I think I've gotten all of my classic. I've, I think I've gotten my fill of classic sports in general. And I don't know. It still seems like we're a ways off from getting our new sports back. But I don't know. Have you guys been following any of these classic series that they've been airing? You mean like the 2013 well, just run? Any, any classic sports in general. I, maybe you're watching classic curling or classic team handball from the Olympics. I don't know. No, I have not been okay. watching was, classics. I have I not been watching. I'm, I'm going to take that deafening silence as a no. no. <laughs> I haven't watched sports since the last time the Blackhawks played hockey. Brandon, what about you? Yeah, I'm the opposite. I've watched the 2013 rewind with the series against Detroit. I didn't watch the Minnesota series. And I watched a little bit of game one against L.A., I don't really have any other takeaways aside from like, oh, well, that's what a defensive team looks like. (laughs) Um, And I've had my fair share of old college football bowl games where I've watched maybe like the last eight minutes of a game and been like, oh, that's why that's on because it got entertaining at the end because the slog of the second and the third quarter in college football games just kills me. Yeah. Shepard, I don't remember if you're as big of a soccer guy as Brandon and I can be. Are are you into into the footy at all? I I am, but I'm not EPL or anything like that. I am very fervent when it comes to the World Cup. I am very fervent Netherlands. Okay. Uh, I I being Dutch myself, I, I root for the. Okay, Orange. I thought maybe you just had a big Ruud Van Nistelrooy uh, fandom for some reason. <laughs> Ar- 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 Arjun Robin. Oh yeah, Robin Van Persie he scores when he wants. Robin, not 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 Van Persie, Robin, R O B B E. Oh yeah, sorry. Why did I say? I don't know why I went to Robin Van Persie. He's Dutch though, too, right? Yeah, yeah. I said R V. Yeah, Brandon said it. Brandon put it in my head. Sorry. Didn't Any, anybody with no, Van in there? Wait, Robin's the guy I learned to hate in the 2016 World Cup because he was the epitome of the excessive flopping that everybody from the Netherlands did in that World How Cup. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Now we're getting somewhere. But I am also uh, – I, I root for their team in the class under the EPL called the Championship, and their name is the is Queens Park Rangers. Oh, okay. They, they, got, they were in the Premier League recently, right? For a bit. They were, like, okay. up and down. I actually – one of the things I've been doing in quarantine is I, I watched the Sunderland Till I Die season two that came out, which was phenomenal on Netflix. Watch it if you're at all interested in soccer, or even if you're not, because it's, it's more, more than just the sport itself. But I've decided to take Sunderland from League One all the way back to the to the Premier League, and it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's given me something to do in the middle of all of this. But the reason I brought up the soccer thing is because I watched Bundesliga the last two weekends, 
especially last weekend because there was a few games featuring some Amer- hopefully featuring some American players who ended up not playing. Uh, like I think Gio Reyna was one of them was supposed to play, but he got hurt in pregame or whatever. So uh, I was watching for that reason, but then I hung around just to see, you know, what was going on and what it was like. And it felt less weird than I was initially expecting it to be, especially, and I don't remember which two teams it was, but there was a game where they were pumping in crowd noise and some other things that kind of made it feel more authentic and more, I guess, normal, quote unquote. And I, I didn't mind it. I, I thought I would really, I thought the whole lack of fans and lack of authentic crowd noise would bother me, but they, you know, they pump some in on the speakers and it wasn't bad. I, I was more entertained than I thought I was going to be. And it's kind of given me some optimism that, you know, the Premier League is supposed to come back next month. The NHL might be coming back. Baseball might be coming back. When all these other things come back, even if there's not fans in the crowd, it might actually like hold some, it might not feel as weird as I've been worried it's going to feel. I think it works as far as like pumping in crowd noise for soccer, just because that's such an integral part of it. You don't really have like the sounds of the game, quote unquote, right? as you do with like baseball and hockey. So I know the first match that I watched was a Dortmund match and they didn't pump in the sound. And that was weird just because it's, I think, Part of it is because it's Dortmund and they're so known for their yellow wall of their supporters. Right. And just seeing that stadium empty, I was like, Ooh, this is weird. Um, and even the players after they beat the crap out of whoever they did. Um, Cause that's what Dortmund does. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm thinking of, well, they're good too, but it's Bayern, the team that's just destroying everything in their path in that league. Yeah. So they, after the match they did like their celebratory uh, jump together toward the yellow wall. And it was just empty. It's like a nice gesture, but it just like reinforced, like this is very strange. And there was uh, another team and I can't remember the name of it. It's, it's not Borussia Dortmund. It's Borussia something that starts with a Mooching Gladback. <laughs> Gesundheit. But yeah, those guys, <laughs> they were the ones that had cardboard cut out of fans in like one section of the stadium. And as I saw it, and like from when they show it, like down at the angles from field level, it kind of looks like there's actual people in the crowd. Like it looks pretty neat. But then when they're showing it, like from the overhead broadcast angle, and you can tell it's cardboard cutouts, it looks very like 2003 video sports video game crowd, like just very boxy and weird. And then you can see all the seats and everything underneath. So it's a fantastic effort. It was a brilliant idea. I kind of hope some American leagues adopt it if we don't are not able to get fans into the seats here because it's it's a, a way they can generate around of you can have people involved. It, it was a cool idea, but it's not. It, it certainly has its flaws, especially in high definition. It uh, you can usually tell pretty well that yeah, those are cardboard cutouts, not actual people. But you know, hey, can't blame them for trying. And who said we weren't going to have anything to talk about with the Michael Jordan documentary over? Come on. That was me. I said that. But anyway, uh, on to actual hockey. What was that sound? Oh, I'm outside on my patio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, question. Do you oh, call them? Do you call them lightning bugs or fireflies? Fireflies. Dave. Lightning bugs. Lightning bugs. <laughs> Shepard, how do you call them fireflies? You grew up in Naperville. <laughs> yeah. 
I, but like I, the, the, Brandon's the, Brandon's not that far from you where he is, and I'm in Northwest Indiana. I'm not that far either. We're all in the Chicagoland area. Well, I, I called them lightning bugs growing up, but then the song got stuck in my head. Oh God! <laughs> I don't really have a comment either way on that. Man, so just gonna let that hang in there. I actually every time when you said fireflies, I was thinking of the Al City song for what was that like 2004? But yeah. That didn't make me change my lexicon. <laughs> I was in fourth grade. It was I was very I was very easily influenced at the time. It was a childhood bop for you. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, it, this is already one of the best episodes we've ever had. We we learned. I didn't realize you were such a big Owl City guy. Not anymore, but like around oh. the time. Oh, they got. Like- I got to like stream for you. No, I like that. I like that. I, I like that pop rock sound. Name name their first three albums. I cannot because I'm no longer a fan. Did Al City have three albums? I think they're at maybe. And and first of all, I should, is it is it just the one guy? Like I remember the music video was just him playing the piano. I think that I think that they're one of those bands that like very much promotes the front man and then not really it's anybody like, else. It's like, like one guy play. and then touring artists. I don't think it's that panic at the disco levels yet. Okay. Uh, he, th- there, there's more than one album. I'm actually so on Spotify. How many times do you think Fireflies has been played? A billion times. Close. Well, I should. You're uh, four hundred million. Okay. So Jesus. But he's there's a lot of music on here and. Fireflies actually came out on an album in two thousand nine, so I was a little early on that. You were so you weren't couldn't have been in fourth grade. You had to be a little older. Two thousand nine, right? Ninth grade. Okay, ninth grade. Thank you, because I was like approaching Jesus. the end of college. I did. I did not have a taste in music. Let me tell you, until college. There's nothing. I mean, if you like All City, you like All City. It's a catchy song. I could. I could probably sing ninety percent of it right now. Don't. because it's like three <laughs> lines. Oh, I, should, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> enough <laughs> Owl City talk for one podcast. Yes. Uh, so, so to the actual hockey news we have, we do have hockey news. Uh, and it's confirmed. We, we talked about this a little bit last week. And as I mentioned at the top, it, it kind of – it didn't seem real to me until the news on Monday came out that – or excuse me, it was on Tuesday. The weeks – I have no idea what day of the week it is. I, I was already thrown off entirely, and then we had a holiday weekend – I, I, it could be Sunday for all I know right now, but it's actually Wednesday night. Anyway, the reason I brought up days of the week is because on Tuesday, the Blackhawks have been included in this 2014 playoff format that they are going to use to bring back hockey at some point. It seems like late July is a rough target. But anyway, the NHL, the, the 2019-2020 regular season is over. This return-to-play format it's going to kick off, like I said, maybe late June. Um, there's some other steps along the way that they've been discussing. It looks like I think the first week of June they're going to allow small groups of players to return to team facilities. They're targeting, I think, July 1st was going to be the opening of training camp for, for teams. And then sometime later in the month of July, they haven't really set a date yet. They're going to have these the, a qualifying round. It's a uh, total of 12 teams in each conference. The top four teams are going to play a round-robin tournament to determine the top four seeds. And then the five to 12 seeds are going to play a five-game uh, a, a five game series 
and the winner of those four series will go into the quote-unquote playoffs. So if you really want to nitpick, the Blackhawks are in a play-in round. They're not a playoff team yet. But then also the five-seed Edmonton Oilers are also not a playoff team. So, I don't know, pick your poison with that. And then the other logistic thing about that is they're going to tr- they're going to set this up with they're going to have two hub cities hosting these tournaments, one for each conference. Uh, ten cities are on the list right now. Chicago is one of them. The others, as I'm reading the article, Brandon had at our website. It's Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. Apparently, Columbus and Las Vegas are considered the favorites. And uh, that's all the news we got for now. Shepard Price, we're, we'll talk. We already talked about the playoff format last week, so I just want to kind of get your thoughts, just like the logistics of it with the hub cities and everything, and just the fact that there's actually a plan in place for us to have some hockey potentially again in a couple of months. What's your what you thinking? What you feeling right now? I think as you'll go into a little bit later, or one of you two will, uh, it's having a plan. And being first out of the gate is wild for the NHL to do. They're not usually the league that does that. They, I thought they were going to wait for the NBA to make a course of action and follow that. Um, because that's what they usually do. Uh, it's great to have more hockey. Because uh, that's ultimately what it is. Um, I think they're doing the best they can while doing something. Like playing hockey. To make sure the players are healthy. They're going to test like I think every night or around that. They're going to isolate them in cities where they can get takeout easily. They can get they can, they can easily postmate really good food in Toronto or Columbus because um, those are college towns and college towns usually have better food. Don't at me. Uh, I think they're doing as be- I think they're doing as best as they can. Uh, to make sure that the players are going to be safe. Um, and I think, again, they, they ultimately want to play more hockey. And I really like the fact that the playoff, that the play-in teams that lose in the first round will still be in the, in the playoff lottery. It will still be in the uh, draft lottery. Yeah, and, and Brandon, we might have to have you explain the draft lottery thing because I'm not even sure I understand exactly how that works. I mean, the, the overall consensus is that the Detroit Red Wings are obviously in the driver's seat with the highest odds as they should be because they were goddamn terrible this season. But uh, maybe later on we'll have you explain exactly how that works because there's like multiple rounds of it and multiple – there, there's a lot going on there. But just before we get into that, though, Brandon, I was going to ask you the same thing as Shepard, just overall thoughts, feelings, opinions, and what have you about the logistics of what the NHL announced on Tuesday. Yeah, so my initial thought was – obviously that this had already been kind of reported on and people knew about it and it was just, okay, so they're going to finalize it, whatever. And then people still had like backlash from it. I was like, do you guys knew about this like days ago? Like, what are you griping about? Like, (laughs) didn't you already do that? Like you're just repeating the same crap. Uh, So I was confused about that. I was like, come on. Um, And then people are like head spinning about the draft lottery process, which I understand because I'm not sure I even fully understand it. Okay, I'm glad I wasn't alone. <laughs> no, not not alone at all. Um, and then as far as like the logistical side of it, I think it does make sense to have a hub city for each conference and have them play it out. And this is all a matter of like the format is in place, but there's no timeline for things right now, like concrete. Right. So 
it could be to a point where they play down to the conference finals and then wherever the team is, then they're able to actually like play in their own arena. So then they like disband from the hub city process, but I still think that no fans would be in the building. I didn't even consider that as a possibility, but yeah, I guess that it wasn't ruled out necessarily. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like things are stated as these are happening, but then there's a whole slew of things that could happen because they weren't ruled out. It, it kind of reminds me, and, and with the, the states we occupy, I think you, a lot of, and probably a lot of our listeners occupy, is that it'll, it'll sound very familiar. It reminds me a lot of the way the phased reopening plans that came out in the states of Indiana and Illinois, and actually it was like, like that Midwest coalition of states, all the governors yeah. got together and released plans that were very similar. Like that's kind of the way it, the NHL's plan reminds me of that, and where it's like, you know, here's, here's what we want to do here are tentative dates where we think they might be possible, but we're not going to set anything in stone because we have no idea what the hell is going on because we've never done this before. So from that perspective, I like it. I think the hub city thing's a good idea. As far as the cities go, I, I want to go back to that list. Like I, Vegas seems like from a like housing perspective, they have a, a zillion high-class hotels. And although like they only have the one rink, I believe they have a now, practice uh, facility. Well, I mean, okay, they have a practice yeah. facility too. Like that, that's one thing, like they were talking about these multiple rinks, like playing at practice facilities. I know there's not going to be fans in the crowd, but like if they play, like say they come to Chicago, they play some games at the United center and they play other games at like the, uh, Hoffman the Estates. Fifth, well, Hoffman Estates is even an arena at least, but if they play at like the fifth, third practice facility where there's like, I mean, there's a concession stand outside the door just for, like, people to walk up to. Like, it's not a NHL arena by any standards. It's not even, like, an ECHL arena. It's very much a practice rink. I don't know if that's going to affect I, – I wonder if that would have any sort of effect on the players because I, I, I just feel like playing in a tiny little rink like that, I don't know if that makes a difference or not. I think it's got to be a regulation rink, right? Yeah, I would think it would have to be – at the United Center or potentially in Rosemont at Allstate. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, or, or the one at Hoffman Estates is pretty – I mean, they got, if they really wanted to, I guess they could even go up to Rockford. Well, that ice is gone, but yeah. Well, they could report. The, the ice was on. gone at the United Center for quite a while. I th- believe they've stopped using it as the food depository. That it yeah, they've, they've shipped all that out, so there's no yeah. more soup at the UC. Now there's just an empty spot where the ice used to be that they might have to report. But some of the other cities, I mean, Columbus is Columbus is probably good. Like I think more, it's more of a climate thing. Like Dallas in in July not going to be very conducive to ice. Oh, uh, Las Vegas in July is going to be horrible for ice conditions. I mean, it's a dry heat, but it's still 120 degrees. So. Um, Los Same Angeles. With LA. I don't think LA gets. I don't know LA's. Climate. I feel like isn't LA like it's the it's a lower level. So it, or there's something about LA where it doesn't get up to ninety degrees. It stays LA's like nineties like in the summer though. Okay, I, I I honestly don't know the climate of California that well, so forgive me. Uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, there that kind of gets humid like 
like our like the Chicagoland area does, although Minneapolis is having completely separate issues right now, not even related to the coronavirus. Uh, Pittsburgh probably similar to Chicago heat wise. Toronto might be a little well. No, it's about the same north south as Chicago. So, and Va- Vancouver just seems so far away. It really does. Like it, it's way the hell out there. So, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Edmonton don't has like this whole package where they're like. Hey, like we have all these hotels and oh, like, yeah. like, we'll close off golf courses for you guys. And I was like, man, if I'm in this like quote playoff thing, I don't want to be like, yeah, let's go hit up the links for one day. Like probably not on my hey, list of to do list things. Work for Jordan. Just saying. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it, that, that's, would be an interesting side of it. It, it becomes like the, like the world cup or the Olympics where cities start trying <laughs> to bid bidding. for this. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be an economic boon for any of these cities. I mean, like I'm sure the hotels will make money and maybe you get some good deals on Grubhub for or Postmates like Shepard was talking about, but I don't know what, I don't know if there's going to be a heightened motivation for any city to host these playoffs because a lot of the revenue that you would generate in other situations, you're not going to get because you're not going to have fans around. Yeah. I think all of these cities except for, Edmonton and Minneapolis have hosted some sort of league event in the past three years. Well, there you go. So maybe Columbus is on that too. Like as far as like draft all-star weekend, world cup. Columbus has had an all-star game recently. Yeah. I believe so. It was the one where there was like eight Blackhawks. Well, you have to be more specific. (laughs) That's like anywhere from 2010 to 2015. Columbus had the All-Star game in 2015. So, all right, that's outside of the, yeah. the uh, time frame that Brandon referenced. But, yeah, but there's, I mean, in that, you know, five-year span, I guess it would be. But whether it be Stanley Cup final, All-Star weekend, something like that. So NHL awards. Yeah. yeah, so the NHL knows that those cities can handle a situation that – could be seen as a logistical nightmare for some other places. Yeah. So they have confidence in these places. Yeah. It it should be interesting to watch. Like I'm, I'm surprised that the NHL was first because like we were discussing earlier, the NHL's never seems to be first and things like this, but not only that, but it seems like the NHL has the biggest logistical burden because they have the most players. They probably have the most people to deal with. Um, Baseball probably gets pretty close because they're Ross. NFL. Well, okay, but the NFL is separate because it's a fall sport, so they don't have an issue yet. I was just I was trying to keep it to basketball, baseball, and hockey, and yeah. I guess we could throw the MLS in there if we wanted to, but even they don't have as many people to deal with as hockey. I'm surprised that basketball hasn't had something come out sooner because, again, very forward-thinking league, We it seems, and they don't have as deep of, as deep of a roster to keep, in, uh, to keep track of, and – you know, they, there was talk that they were going to throw everybody in Disney World, which seemed like a, a really kind of clever idea and a good way to use Disney World while people can't be there. But I was watching Sports Center with uh, Scott Van Pelt last night. He had Adrian Wojnarowski on, and apparently that idea is kind of falling apart. And Major League Baseball, I don't know what the fuck those guys are doing. <laughs> it seems like they're they're intent on building as much bad press as they did with the strike in 1994 and doing it during a worldwide pandemic. And 
I entirely blame the owners. I, I'm, I'm totally on the side of the players. It's complete bullshit like that they're asking Mike Trout to take a 70% pay cut and like for a 70% pay cut for 50% of the games. And it just I, – I can't believe that they're trying to make money an issue right now. I cannot believe – well, I can believe it, but it's just it's so frustrating and mind-boggling. I could be watching Yon Mankata and Louis Robert hitting home runs every other inning, and instead I have to watch Jeff Passan go on SportsCenter and talk about how greedy owners are in baseball, and it's infuriating. I think the, the thing with the NHL that they came out first with this, it almost kind of like puts the NBA in a holding pattern where it's like you either have to do what they do or come up with something better. Yeah. Like, so it, good luck. It does serve notice to well, – I guess basketball is the only other winter sport that needs to do something, but it, I think it does like turn everyone – like it's like when like there's the room with the three commissioners, Bettman stands up to speak, he sits down, and now everybody's looking at Adam Silver saying, all right, what are you going to do now? Yeah. But, yeah, I, I still uh, – watching the news that's trickled out about all the baseball stuff that's I'm so disappointed in what is happening with baseball. And it also makes me glad that I don't feel the way about baseball that I do about hockey and I guess football too. But uh, I would be losing my shit if I was a baseball of hardcore diehard baseball fan right now. I mean, Shepard, I know you and I have, lamented our inability to watch what we hoped was going to be a White Sox World Series run this year. <laughs> Have you seen this news? Has this pissed you off? It's starting to piss me off more than I realize now that I'm talking about it. I mean, wage cuts have happened in every sport. The 76ers led the charge with the NBA and the NHL has done it across the league sort of now. But to do it to this extent, like you're right, 70% cut for fit for 50% of the games is, not, is insane for the top level. Um, and they like they, they'd agreed to something at the start of all of this, and now they now they're trying to take more money away, and it's just. It, it would have been I nice just, if it was a sixty nine percent cut. <laughs> I just I'm I'm always on the side of the players when it comes to lockouts. Pro labor I'm, all day. I always I always will be. Um, even even when it's millionaires versus billionaires, you take the side of the millionaires. And, and uh, I'm glad you said that because. I think the overwhelming majority of the time, and this is not understood by enough sports fans, the guys are not millionaires. The guys that get affected by this are the guys that are at the very bottom of the roster who are making thousands and lots of thousands, yeah, but have zero job security and probably aren't going to get all that money because they're going to get cut or released or whatever. Right. It's like the it's the, it's the left-handed specialist relief pitcher. Yeah. Um, Who's, whose job is tenuous at best. Right. Yeah, so. so I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm glad we had that baseball tangent in the middle of this hockey and basketball podcast that we usually have. So we, we're we're covering all our bases here. But when we come back, I wanted to talk a little bit more about this playoff format, and I guess we're we're going to get into the a discussion around uh, something I wrote earlier today, where uh, I can I guess talk about a certain group of people who kind of annoyed me in the last 24 hours. So we'll we'll talk about that right on the other side of this timeout. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. And as promised before the break, Shepard, Brandon, if you'll allow me a brief moment here, I have a bone to pick with. I know these people are out there. I've seen them on Twitter. 
I've seen them on Facebook, which isn't a good sample because those places can be pretty terrible at times. But I, I know there's people out there that are looking at this 2014 format and saying, why are the Blackhawks there? Why are the Canadians there? Why aren't the Buffalo Sabres there? I, I guess those are the three listeners in Buffalo are probably saying that. But I, I get so, I've been so annoyed by this in the last 24 hours. Why are we complaining about how the NHL decided to bring hockey back in the middle of a pandemic? Can one of you guys explain that to me? I don't really give a shit what you call it. Call it the playoffs. Don't call it the playoffs. Hang an asterisk by it or not. Whatever gives you fancy. Why is this an important? Why is this something that we have to discuss? I don't understand why everything sports related has to be so. It gets held put to such a pedestal when it's just a goddamn game. Like this doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be so like honorable or whatever. It's we we come up with all this trivial bullshit and act like it's such an important thing. And it is. It's it's important in a certain sense. Like obviously. If you're listening to this podcast, you're very much into hockey, very passionate about hockey. The two other guys I'm talking with right now are also very passionate about it. So are all the people playing the game and all the fans watching the game. That's not what I'm talking about with it not meaning anything. I just mean in, like, the grand scheme of things, you think when, like, 100,000 people in this country are dying or have died, and it's like I think there are over 350,000 people worldwide have died in the middle of a pandemic, you think – Maybe one time, just one time in our lives, we can get like a minute, just a little bit of perspective and be like, you know what? Yeah, that, that just, just give us hockey. I don't care how you do it. Just give us something to watch. Give us something to talk about other than the news that's been wildly depressing for the last two to three months. I, 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 don't, I don't understand the people who are questioning the format. I understand the people who are questioning the logistics of actually bring of, of bringing it back or not yeah like, that's that's like the, I, I, totally that's, that's the debate that should be happening not 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 like what format they should bring it back in but like if they should wh- how they how they bring it back does not matter to me in the slightest if they're bringing it back bring it back yeah i honestly i feel like they should have brought all 31 teams back i mean i mean it, not the red wings let the red wings just <laughs> be in peace absolutely, like, absolutely they got eliminated three months ago now they let them <laughs> let them let them have their season they're, like they're done yeah, let them have their first round pick. That Lafreniere guy who isn't is not Sidney Crosby and not Connor McDavid. So I'm fine. But yeah, like I I don't I don't get why there has to be so much back and forth about just so I I don't even know what the word for it is. It just it it's just annoyed the hell out of me. Like why do you care so much? Like I hockey could have brought back all hell. They could have brought back all 31 NHL teams and thrown in a few AHL teams just for fun and see what the hell happens. Maybe crown the Chicago wolves as the Stanley cup champions. I don't give a shit. Just give me something to watch. And, and hope in the next couple of months, I don't really care about the, the, that side of the logistics portion of it because I, I can't, we talked about this at the top. I can't really watch any more classic games. Like I've, I know everything that happened in 2010 and 2013 and 2015 and even 2011 and 2014 when they didn't win the cup in 2012 as well. Like I, I, I got my Blackhawks nostalgia kick. I'm, I'm overdosing on nostalgia right now. I don't need any more nostalgia. I would like to have something 
to watch if it's possible. And it seems like they're they're working towards that. But the fact that anybody would care about and and the other side of this coin is if you if you're a team like say oh the Edmonton Oilers and you can't beat the Chicago Blackhawks in a five game series you're gonna be you tell me you're gonna beat Vegas too you're gonna beat Colorado or God forbid the St Louis Blues I have to use them in that kind of regard which pains me to say but how if if you can't beat the Chicago Blackhawks in a five game series especially this version of the Chicago Blackhawks how would you beat any actually good NHL team in a seven game series. David and Dryside will go off uh, after after having a slow series against the Blackhawks because Corey Crawford shut them down. Well if Corey Crawford shuts them down then Edmonton goes home and then the Hawks go on to the next round. Yeah. But like that's that's how they would like if they perform poorly against the Blackhawks, that's how they'd beat the Golden Knights. Oh are you bringing logic into this situation? Yes, thank that, you. That the Blackhawks again, in my opinion, have the best playoff goaltender in the league, and that like they could have a poor showing out of the game, but still win in five games. I had that idea hit me last night, and I, I wrote the thing, and then like I remember just like during the day, like just thinking of every now and then I would think about it, like why is this something that people care about? Why is why is this the problem? Like this this ain't the problem. Everything yeah. else is the problem right now. We don't need to worry about like. And obviously, yeah, I'm slightly biased. I get to watch the Blackhawks again. I don't know. But I also didn't pick them to make the playoffs, although maybe they're not in the playoffs. I don't care. I play in playoffs. <laughs> I said that earlier. I don't I don't I don't care. I'm 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 done doing the semantics thing. Just give me something to watch. If it's only three games and the Hawks get swept, well, I don't think any of us are gonna be surprised by that. If they win, they they knock off Edmonton and then somehow win the, the round after that, I'll have a great time. Brandon, you've yeah. been awfully quiet. Do you have anything else to add to this? I can totally understand people being concerned and whatever about their, like, safety aspect of it. But as far as, like, the format in general and getting, like, live sport back, then that's where you lose me. Because – if the goal is you want the sports to be back and being played, then bring it back, you know, reduce the games, but also like have it to where teams can start. And it's not like preseason play because that's the worst. That's what you don't want to happen. And at least it's not, at least it's not bringing the regular season back to fully complete it. Like they were originally planning. Yeah, yeah, like that 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 ship sailed a while ago. I'm I'm glad that they gave up. That on was it. an that was an insane plan. <laughs> yeah, that just it just didn't seem logical anymore. And and like there there's there've seen some concern about the next season. Like, well, first off, the next season probably isn't going to start in September, or excuse me, when he, the NHL season usually starts in October. It I, I don't even know if you could say it. Like that that feels like even such a hypothetical that if they announced yesterday that. We're going to stop everything right now. We're not going to award the Stanley Cup. We're going to focus on next season. We'll do the draft in June. We'll have free agency July 1st. There's no guarantee you you would even get the start date of October that you usually get for the next hockey season. So the fact that I, I like the idea that they're just saying, to hell with the next season. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Let's have this tournament now, get this season done, and then we'll figure a thing out. We'll figure that out when we get there. And I think that's a very good idea because there's no 
there's no telling. I mean, there's not even a guarantee that this is going to happen. And then even if it gets started, there's no guarantee it'll finish because there's no guarantee that we won't have to go back into some phase one of the plans that they were talking about where I think everyone's on like phase two, three, or four at this point. So everything's up in the air. So just let it happen. Like, just let it go. It's going to be okay. I promise. Just let it sit there. It's not going to do anything bad. Exactly. It's like, it's not like because this format has been unveiled. It's not like the Blackhawks got better in the last three months. Well, nope. they got healthier, and okay. I think that's right. the, that's like the, I think that's the case for every team. The yeah, Blues yeah, got like, Vladimir Tarasenko back. I was when just they about were to say the Blues that. got Tarasenko back. I think Doug Hamilton's going to be back in Carolina. Like a lot of teams are going to get guys back that they weren't expecting to have back. So, but then that's also the fact of like how good are they when they come back? Yeah, and I I don't think the Hawks magically added another top four defenseman in the last three months. And Calvin DeHaan. Might be good, but even Calvin DeHaan probably doesn't solve all the problems that that team has. So the playoffs are still going to be – they're going to have the playing round. Then they're going to have full rounds of hockey like they've always had. It's going to be a, an incredible grind. It's going to be insanely difficult for anybody to win. The best team will probably come out on top at the end. So who gives a shit how you start? Because I, I don't really care what A is because Z is going to be – a similar product as it is every other year in where it's going to be the most likely the best well-rounded team is going to win the cup because that's the way that that's what the playoffs do. They determine, they, they eliminate everybody else because they don't have enough depth to carry them as far as, uh, as the playoffs need, as far as you need to go in the playoffs. I think that in, makes sense. I don't know. I might just have to edit that out. Who knows? In 2013, everyone said that whoever wins that, cup on the lockout year will be the best team and it's going to be pretty convincing and that's what the Blackhawks were and I think for this season's cup and the next season people will look back and say that whichever teams won those cups were really coached well without a doubt like and those were solid teams so I think now it looks a little fuzzy and you don't know what's going to happen but Say 10 years from now, when you look back at these, this season and the next season, you'd be like, those two teams really did the damn thing. They deserve to be there. Well, I don't like using the word deserve. Okay. That's well, they, they a bunch earned, of hockey malarkey. Maybe they earned the right to be there. That's the Is same that, sentiment, I think. I think so. But I just, so like, whenever we talk about this, if one of you guys says, well, all they need is a goalie to get hot. I'm probably going to slap you because I feel like that's just like a stupid hockey cliche. Yeah. Like I'm not, that's, that's an, that's an outsider hockey cliche. Yeah. Like that'll get you maybe, maybe around maybe two, if you're really lucky. Well, if like, if people donated $10 to a COVID-19 relief fund, every single time that someone said that, I feel <laughs> like we could raise a lot of money. And that is a very, like, I feel like every broadcast on NBC Sports says that. Every era, like every pregame show. Mike Milbury will say that at least three hundred times in the month of July. And then he'll say Mike the Milbury. And then we'll Which is why Mike, Mike Milbury shouldn't be on TV. Well, that's another story for him. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong, Shepard, but so one other while we're on the topic of this whole playoff thing, 
I, I wanted to bring this up and this was kind of a late addition to the agenda. So I apologize to the two gentlemen with me, but I'm sure you guys will come up with your usual dulcet tones of brilliant thoughts on this topic. What do you think is the better thing for the Blackhawks to do? Bow out in the play-in series and get back into the draft lottery or actually win a playoff round or two and get some postseason experience for the younger guys on the team. I know my answer, so Shepard, I'll let you go first. The problem is I want to see what the younger guys who don't have playoff experience do in the playoffs. Exactly. exactly. If, all of a, if all of a sudden Alex DeRingcat comes out and he's broken his curse this season, he's shooting 30%, I want to watch him play, play playoff experience. If he's come, if he comes back in the usual form he had this this regular season, and he's shooting twelve point five percent or something like that or lower, then get him out. Get get like get rid of him. No. Oh. Then okay. get, just then get the black, <laughs> then get the get the Blackhawks out of the playoffs and into the draft lottery. Okay. I, don't want, I, got I don't want I don't want to shatter our our goal scorers' confidence. Okay. Brandon, what about you? Do you have any thought on that? Either shit the bet against the Oilers, or go and win the play-in round and the next round. If they win the play-in round and then lose, that's going to be like that murky feeling like, ah, well, they fucked it up. Yeah. But if they just lose outright or they win at least one round in the actual, quote, playoffs, then I feel like a lot of people will have a better feeling and acceptance of it that they didn't get a lottery pick yeah. because who knows like how I feel like people view the lottery different because the Blackhawks jumped up nine spots last year where the year before they dropped one spot. So yeah. people's conception of what the lottery is, is a little skewed yeah. and they think, Oh, like they'll just go up. And then there's the whole national narrative, like, Oh, of course Chicago will jump up. It's like, well, <laughs> They're not great. Like that six-year, seven-year window where they were the darlings of the NHL isn't a thing anymore. And 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 also they were the darlings of the NHL because they won all the damn time. And also they were the opposite. I don't know what the opposite word for darling is, but they were the opposite of darlings of the NHL for about a decade before that. So right, it it all evens out. Yeah, peaks and valleys. It ends up in the middle. Yeah, at least Detroit is shit. <laughs> at least Detroit sucks, right? <laughs> Uh, but I like you might have heard me pound my fist and pound at the desk here in agreement with Shepard, but I am absolutely on board with wanting to see what some of the Blackhawks younger players can do in the playoffs. We have talked, I feel like this is something I have done before, but as I'm scrolling down the Blackhawks roster, like starting to look at the guys on this roster that actually have Stanley Cup playoff experience, or like just it's like the older guys. Yeah, it's Kane, Saad. Andrew Shaw, who might not be playing hockey anymore. And t- but, Taves. like, Taves, Kane, Keith, Seabrook, who's injured. Uh, Sod's got a cup. Crawford's – Sod's got two. Crawford's got two. That's it. Olimata won in Pittsburgh, but – Twice. And the Han's been in the playoffs with the Hurricanes and went yeah. deep. But, I mean, Kirby Doc's never played in the playoffs. Alex Debrinkit hasn't. Um, Dave, Dominic Kubalik. Dominic Kubalik has it. Adam Boquist hasn't. Nicholas Bowden hasn't. Uh, Connor Murphy hasn't. Connor Murphy hasn't played a playoff game, right? Correct. Yeah, he was so. in Arizona. He in Arizona. Yeah, and then he came here. Yeah, uh, Slater Cuckoo was on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay Lightning. He didn't. I don't think he played. 
I don't think yeah, I don't think he has a career playoff game. I do I do want to say that if the Hawks were to somehow win this thing, the <laughs> celebration of Olimata would be something to behold. Because Could, I I also think it 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 firmly get Corey Crawford into the Hall of Fame because he's if, oh, if the Blackhawks win if if the Blackhawks win this thing, he is coming away with that consummate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, but Slater the thing Kuku, about Olimata is Slater Cuckoo did play ten playoff games in the twenty sixteen playoffs. So just making sure we're fact checking ourselves. Brandon, go ahead. Okay, the thing with Olimata is when he won in Pittsburgh, there were um, shots of their TV station people. Like they were taking helicopters around the city and I guess at his apartment or wherever he was staying, he was just passed out drunk on the balcony. <laughs> and I was like, Good for God, him. like just that visual, like scattered across Chicago of him just like completely knocked out would just be something to behold. And people would be like, Oh, like he might be slow, but. He's just a really good drinker, and I can respect that. <laughs> He's a darling boy. Yeah. I mean, who among us wouldn't do the same thing if they won the Stanley Cup? Come on. The thing that you said about – ever since you started on that tangent, Brandon, I've spent the last however long it's been just imagining the Blackhawks winning the Stanley Cup. And it's just, it's just such a tasty thought. Like, could you imagine – no. Like uh, no. Well, no. yeah. <laughs> no. Again, I, I, maybe again, if Corey Crawford just plays Corey Crawford hockey, and it's, it's like, just, like it's insane. like if Calvin DeHaan comes back and is the second coming of Nicholas Yalmerson, and then he, you pair him up with Adam Boquist, and the like, that's the perfect pairing of a offensive minded guy and a defensive minded guy, and then uh, you put Keith and Murphy together, and they play really well, and then. Uh, they rework the the thing with Ian Mitchell, and he's allowed to play, and then he turns into Kale McCarr. Because um, the Ford, like, they have – I think we've talked about this before. Like, they have pretty good Ford depth if everybody – everyone plays to their potential, which I guess is saying Falix to Brinkett breaks out of his slump. Like, there's, like, a list of, like, 20 to 30 things that all need to go right if the Blackhawks are just going to win, like, a couple playoff rounds, let alone get to the Cup. But that's not going to stop me from pretending that they're all going to happen just for a little bit, just for fun, because that's why I watch sports. And I feel like if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't at least somewhat somewhere deep inside your mind with all the free time that you and I all have right now, have you haven't at least done a five-second – entertaining the notion of what it'd be like if the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. I don't know why you watch sports. Also, if the Blackhawks go to the second round of the playoffs, just don't lose to the St. Louis Blues, please. Just don't play don't play the Blues in the playoffs. Let's not do that again. We if can, we lose to, if they lose to Vegas, perfectly fine. That's understandable. <laughs> they, do, they do that all the time. If they, they lose can, to the Blues, that's unacceptable. They can lose to Vegas. They can lose to Colorado. They can lose to Dallas. They can, they can lose to Winnipeg. Like, there's a lot of teams – Pretty much anybody but St. Louis. I just don't have to deal with that again. What if the Hawks and Canucks met in the playoffs? That'd be fun. It wouldn't Would be it? quite as entertaining as it was a decade ago. I mean, there's fun players on the Vegas on the Vancouver Canucks. Quinn Quinn Hughes is gonna win the the uh, Calder over Dominic Kubalik. Damn it! Because <laughs> yeah. John Marino doesn't get respect. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Because John Reina is, what, 22 and, Kale, and Quinn Hughes is 19? Something like that. Quinn Hughes also went to that one school to play hockey. So 
we don't we don't acknowledge him. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, I think uh, we. It was kind of funny when we started talking about recording this for about an hour ago. I don't think any of us had really any idea what we we're going to talk about because we we approached much of the Blackhawks Oilers subject last week, and then it, when they confirmed the news, they're like, "Oh shit, what do we talk about on the podcast?" But we made it work for forty-five minutes or however long this went. So, uh, so so good job, guys. Give yourselves a round of applause. Golf clap? Yeah, golf clap. Whatever. <laughs> but, uh, Shepard, Brandon, uh, any final thoughts as we uh, wrap up this year episode of Musings on Madison? I really want to watch Brandon Sod shadow Connor McDavid in that line because that he, he did so well in the regular season. So you put uh, Brandon Sod, David Kampf, and who else? Kajula? Probably, yeah. Kajula is McDavid's best friend, so he probably understands his game better than anybody yeah. else. Because, like, if, if, you know, we'll get into matchup stuff later. Since it, you know, well, I think maybe once it gets a little closer to more, maybe more of a tangible – tangible is not the right word. When it gets closer to coming to fruition of – I guess maybe when they get a training cap is when we'll start talking about actual matchups and such. But, you know, if you – you get a line with David Comp for one kind of checking line. You take another line with Taves and give him some two-way wingers and Probably. maybe match him against uh, Drysidle. And then you let Patrick Kane skate against whoever else they're going to put on the other two lines. It's not the worst thing in the world. And if the, if the Edmonton happens to put McDavid and Drysidle on the same line, then I feel like the Hawks have a much better chance in that series than I would have initially thought. So, so yeah. Uh, Brandon, what about you? Any final words on this here episode? Nothing hockey-related, but just don't okay. be an asshole. Be nice to people. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, I could not have said it better myself. So, yeah, I think that'll do it for this episode. Uh, thank you very much for listening to Musings on Madison. We appreciate everyone's listening and has been following along with us during this uh, quarantine. And, it seems like we're getting closer and closer to actual hockey, and that's, I think, exciting for everyone involved. So uh, stay tuned to this year episode. I'm sure we'll start talking more about hockey as it looks like it gets closer to us on the horizon. Uh, we'll have plenty of content popping up at secondcityhockey.com between now and then. Um, yeah, I think that'll do it. Uh, follow us on Twitter. You know, follow, uh, Give us a good review on iTunes. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts all those cool social media things. You want to leave us a five-star review on iTunes? That'd be wonderful. Um, but yeah, I think that'll do it. Uh, for Brandon, for Shepard, I'm Dave. We'll see you next time. And go on.
da 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 da